everyone. Welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor. And with me is... My name is Brock Yonke. I'm the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship. What an incredible introduction Yay! that was, Tara. That was so good. Oh, thank you so much. All right. So today on episode two, we are going to talk about redefining love um, and kind of just a little, a little new twist to it, I think. So, Brock, why don't you start us off? Well, I think it's important. It feels like this may not be where we're going, but right now it feels like we've got some building blocks happening here. So, we talked about mindset last time and how we need to look at how the world around us has influenced the way we think about being in a relationship. And so, we're going to dive a little deeper into that today and look at being in a relationship, what it means to, to, to be in love. And so, we're going to try to have love be redefined today? Does that sound sure. does that sound fancy? And not just being in love, because I think that sometimes has the connotation okay. of like oh. the beginning and like all the happy, fun, love chemicals, but just loving and throughout the journey of your marriage that can look very different in different seasons within different contexts. Very, yes. Very well said. Perfect. Thank, Thank you for redefining how I said love. That was great. My pleasure. So, but I think what happens is we typically define love, especially early on in life, and it's got a selfish component to it. Um, you know, it's like, what am I getting out of this? You know, which which is in there, but like it feels like there's a journey that we have to go on. And so, when we were talking today, you talked about the psychological uh, kind of process of love, and I'm getting the eye roll at me right now. So, would you mind sharing that a little bit more with me? Basically, so in psychological development, we depending on your age, um, there's different things that develop, hopefully, um, and milestones that we're looking to meet. And so, when we're younger, this is just a very brief overview, but when we're younger, we are more selfish and dependent on our parents or our caregivers. And as we get older, you know, it takes a while for those more intimate relationships to develop and to find out who we are and what we want out of life and to define our values. And we go from being more about ourselves and kind of that me-minded mindset to like, we start to develop friendships and we go from parallel play into playing with others and things like that. And so as we get older and when we're, you know, in our later adolescent years, early twenties and in our thirties, we are, looking for like mutually satisfying relationships. Um, we're becoming more social. We're developing like hopefully deep friendships and relationships that are going to stay, some of those that are going to stay with us lifelong or for longer seasons of time. So really what it looks like is as we get going in life, there's a me mindset. I like how you said that. So I'm, I'm focused on me, meeting my needs, making sure I'm happy, I'm content, all that stuff. And it's not really until a little bit later in life that we can start to, I guess some people are probably a little bit more adept at moving out of that mindset. But when we get married, typically, we're both walking into that relationship with a lot of that me mindset being the prevalent mindset as we walk into that relationship. I, I know for, for me, at least, when I got married, I was kind of mid-20s, early 20s, something like that. And I was not really thinking about how am I going to, I didn't have an us mindset as you've described before. I had a me mindset, like how is this gonna benefit me? How my life is gonna be better? And so it was, there was a very selfish component that was 
a very big definition of my idea of love when I got married. I don't know if you were probably a little bit beyond that. You were already at the us mindset. Yeah, you were so involved when you got married. No, I think it's it's very, um, it's different for everybody. And I think it depends on, you know, prior relationships that you've had, the relationship that your parents had or didn't have, you know, those things that shape us and inform us along the way. And so it just, it very much depends. And so I think a lot of your personality comes into play, how we're wired. Some people are more maybe us or others minded already, um, sometimes to their detriment, you know, there's, you know, so it just kind of depends, but I think very much we don't know what we don't know and our stories, our experiences shape us. And so until we're trying to have, well, in this essence, like a marriage, like if it's our first marriage, especially like we've never done that before. And so we have to figure out how do I go from, I've been, this autonomous, independent person on this journey, this road by myself in some way, to now I'm trying to merge roads with this other individual person and still be an independent whole person that feels hopefully worthy and whole without somebody else, but then creating and developing and continuing this journey of meshing two independent lives together. That's kind of difficult. Yeah, and so really, as I've understood this, as, as you and I have talked, is that there is a, a very much a, a me component and a me mindset. And as we get into a relationship, we realize that that mindset, there's some limitations to it because we're very focused on what I'm getting out of this. And we have to start this shift over to becoming an us-minded mindset. And so I think as we talk about redefining love, we're looking at, is my definition of love right now a very me-minded mindset? What am I getting out of this? Or is it starting that process or continuing that process of being an us-minded mindset where it's not just about what I'm getting, but also what I'm giving and what you're getting out of this relationship? And so it just begins to mature. And so I think that's what we're calling ourselves to at least. And and hopefully with this podcast is say, hey, let's start that process of, of evaluating my definition of love so that I can expand just beyond myself and begin to think about someone else too. For sure. And then I think, you know, we've come up with these terms, you know, us-minded, me-minded, and we've got others-minded, where a lot of times those are going to be your people-pleasers or maybe more codependent. Again, however, their stories and experiences have informed them and shaped them. And so some people go into marriage and it's, they might make it all about the other person or be more in some cases, clingy or just, you know, different things. And so we want to stay in our own lane. We obviously need to know what we need and want and be able to communicate around that. But we don't want to be so others focused to where we neglect ourselves. And we don't want to be so me focused that we neglect the other person or the the couple unit. And so that just takes some time and Lots of communication and maybe some some conflict along the way. So we're not advocating not taking care of yourself. That's Absolutely not, not. not what we're saying at all. I, I made this banner uh, for this marriage event, and I, and I messed up a little bit on the banner. And it, it says that love is learning how to love another human being. That's kind of the definition of love. And then the second part is saying not not to be loved. 
And so it feels like the banner, I kind of mess up, it should say not just to be loved because it felt like it was saying, hey, it's just becoming so others-minded that I'm not even thinking about myself at all. But it's saying, no, I'm still taking care of myself. I'm still uh, able to have conversations, but just defining or expanding my definition of love, not just thinking about myself, but thinking about us and the needs of other human beings, including my own. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps us become just better people too. You know, when we finally get to see past our nose and those blinders come off, it's it can be difficult for sure, right? And there's things that come up, but absolutely, I think when we're able to love others well and serve them, that helps us become better individuals. And I think just healthier, more compassionate people, hopefully. So is part of this then that we need to go on this journey of relearning a little bit, like what what love is um, and realize it is a journey. It can't just happen overnight, but it's something that we need to engage in this process of, okay, I'm realizing that I even think about when I was young, my Christianity was all about myself. Like, what can I do to be a better Christian? What can I do to grow in my relationship with God? And not ever thinking about, oh, Christianity, a lot of the big purposes of Christianity is so that I can be changed, so that I can love other people well. And so even in marriage, just realizing that it's a journey of now me becoming less self-focused all the time and relearning what it means to be others focused. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of the marriage journey is unlearning what we've already learned. Not, And some of that might be negative, unhealthy things. Some of it just might be, we just, we never knew or again, you don't know what you don't know. So maybe we didn't even know that was an option. And so part of this journey of learning how to do this and walk it out and practice this is also, I think, unlearning things that maybe have not served us well or won't continue to help us become more us-minded and love our spouse. And part of it, like we talked about on the on episode one of this season, is that mindset. We have to go back and evaluate that because a lot of the mindset things we're given really are self-focused. And so, all right, so I'm going to throw out a definition of love. I'm going to let you critique and evaluate. Are you ready for this? As we begin to relearn what love is, it's from, it's from Gary Chapman. All right. Old Chapman. The old Chapman. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But anyway, here's my definition. Love is something you do for someone else, not just something you do for yourself. Should I read it one more time? Or is it, is that, Definitely. Okay. Love is something you do for someone else, not just something you do for yourself. All right. Critique that definition as we relearn what love is. No, I think, I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. I think that's very much, if we're just looking out for ourselves and, or only loving ourselves well, what kind of world would that create if we were all doing that, you know? And if we are wired to to do life with other people and we're called, some of us are called to be married, what a lonely, sad, dysfunctional marriage that would be if we can't strive to do better in the area of like putting that into practice and really making kind of like making love into a verb mm-hmm. rather than a noun. Um, because I think so much, especially when things are hard, love is a choice and that's a hard lesson to learn, but we don't always, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like when you're in love, it's easy mm-hmm. because all, all, you chemically you're different. You've shifted, you've changed when that is no longer the case. We may not have 
the actual like emotion sometimes of love or definitely not the the feel good pieces of it and the desire to connect or to feel vulnerable or to whatever the thing is and so we sometimes have to love out of this i i have made a commitment to you and i'm going to choose to love you by doing xyz even if everything in me is telling me no thank you yeah. you know and so no i think very much it's that's a great definition but I th- and there's so many love is not i don't think love can just be very succinctly and easily defined cuz well that was my whole point of this podcast yeah. i wanted to have a succinct succinct definition of love so there goes Sorry, there goes Brock, that you're idea. Out of luck. But I mean, but there's so many ways to define that and that 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 could look. And again, depending on the season you're in or where you're at personally or as a couple, it it shifts things. And so we have to sometimes make hard choices because we know it's the right healthy choice for our for our marriage, mm-hmm. even if we want to protect ourselves and be selfish or you know, do something that's not for the couple unit. Yeah, because I think for me, this definition was helpful because again, I was just, I had this me mindset. What is this relationship? How is it benefiting me? And I think just the idea of expanding my definition of love, like, yeah, I take care of myself, but also here's this other person. And it's not just about how I always feel, but it's a lot about actions and showing this person, making sure they feel loved and expanding it to like, hey, I want to make sure in this relationship, it's an us mindset. I'm taking care of me and I'm taking care of her. And it seems like once you get into that mindset, it really does have a lot of great benefit for the relationship because it's difficult if you don't feel loved or valued in a relationship. That's that's a tough spot to be in. And all of a sudden, someone thinking about your needs is, is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. But here's my here's my dilemma. So I remember as a as a teenager and is, is still growing in this regard, hearing all these ideas about love shouldn't just be about me, but it should be others uh, focus as well. How in the world do I do that? How do I get to a spot where I'm a little bit more others focused? Well, I think part of it, again, goes back. I mean, age and experience has a lot to do with that. And I think being open to the idea of always just trying to do better. And Brock and I are both just, we're big on using resources around you and just educating yourself and building that database. So I think looking, I mean, doing some like self-reflection and like, how do I, how would I define love? Am I more me-minded or others-minded? Or if I'm in a relationship, is it also about that other person? Like even what you said earlier about like, um, how did you say it? When you're a young Christian, what did you say? Or, hold on. I'm, no, I just as a young Christian, I, I, Christianity felt like, what is this? What is yes, the benefit that. for me instead of like thinking about the needs of other so human beings? So as you were saying that, thank you. I had a little brain yeah. <laughs> not f- firing incident. But as you were saying that, I got this picture of like a little kid praying in my head and think about like when we, when we're first learning about God and our faith and praying so oftentimes, and not always, but a lot of times it's, we're praying for the things that are important to us or that we want or asking God to give us X, Y, Z or to protect us. And hopefully as we get older and we are, you know, figuring this thing out, it goes beyond that. And we're like, it's about, it becomes about God and about our family and our spouse. And so even the way we pray sometimes it can 
give us clues on kind of our selfishness mm-hmm. or where our focus is. And so if I'm praying for my spouse, even if I'm mad at him, that's, I think that's a good thing because not I'm not, well, unless I'm praying that God changes right. him. But that that makes me, when I do that, to pause and to reflect and to take stock in an inventory of where I'm at, where my heart is at. And so even if I'm, I think he's in the wrong, but I'm authentically praying, I'm going to, if I if there needs to be conviction, hopefully that there's room for that. And I make room for that. And I'm checking myself before I'm just, you know, dogging on him. Yeah. So I think that's even one way, like where our thoughts, our energy, our focus, our prayers being aimed at. Is it is it about us? Is it about our spouse, our marriage, our family? What can I do for the kingdom of God rather than just my own small little piece of earth here, you know? Yeah, I think that's such a, a, a beautiful way to think about it is like, I'm not just even evaluating, because prayer, prayer does change things. I'm not just evaluating prayer for myself, but I'm thinking about the needs of this other person. Um, and so one of the things we wanted to do this season was we wanted to create this moment at the near the end of the podcast called the Mindful Moment. It's because it's the Mindful Marriage Podcast, and then we have the Mindful Moment. And it's really meant to be... Do you want me to do my chimes again? Yes. Was, oh, yeah. The chimes worked so well last time. <laughs> it's meant to be a little practical here. And so as I was thinking about kind of my journey, where I'd still like to go, like just even having that definition or a new definition of, of others' mindset and others' focus... And putting it on my lock screen on my phone, having a card in the bathroom, something like that, just kind of reminding me what true love looks like and not so selfish. And then uh, I think praying is such a big deal that you mentioned. And then one of the things that I, I look back that was really a turning point for me that I started to feel like I was thinking of Alicia, my wife, a little bit more than myself, is we did this simple exercise, and I probably mentioned it a hundred times because it was so helpful for us, is I just simply, we asked each other, what are three things I can do that you would feel loved by. And that was so helpful because now all of a sudden I had this target and I had concrete actions that I could start doing that weren't just about me. Because mm-hmm. you know, one of the things she said, man, I love it when you lo- wash the dishes. And I'm not getting much out of washing the dishes uh, except for the the nice clean Dawn hands at the end. And But it's like, just thinking about stuff like that was really helpful, begin to get me out of that selfish mindset. Like this is important to her. Mm-hmm. This is what love looks like, is thinking about the needs of others. And so that was a, a big deal. And there's also, there's a new test that's out there um, that people are taking. It's something about five love languages. Oh, is this is this new? That's Brock being funny, y'all. It's not funny. Well, it's, it's not new. Not, it's, yes. yeah, it's not being funny, <laughs> the but it was trying to be The five love language quiz. Yes. Yes. It's, and that it has been around for a while, but it is, it's a really practical kind. It's not necessarily easy to do, but an easy thing to take and try to walk that out. And your love languages can change. So... That is something like if if let's say my love language is acts of service and my husband's is quality time are, are primary ones, then I'm going to naturally try to love him out of like by providing acts of service. And he may appreciate those and feel loved on some level, possibly depending on how how much value he attaches to that. But if he feels most loved by quality time, for me to shift my focus and my intention to like, well, then I need I need to do something to spend quality time with him. I need to ask him like, what what do you consider quality time? What would that look like for you? What would you? How do you feel the most loved? And do that, and vice versa. That right there, 
has the potential to be so helpful. And that's redefining love. Yeah. Thinking about what they need. Right. Because if we're not speaking each other's languages and we're only speaking our own, that those may be like nice platitudes to them or helpful around the house or something, but it's not necessarily going to scratch that itch of like feeling loved. Yeah. It's so funny. In an art relationship, my wife's acts of service and me, for some reason, I'm one of the weird people that likes receiving gifts. And so it's so funny how uh, I can get her a gift and she's like, oh, thank you. It's nice. But if I do something around the house for her or help her or something, she just feels so loved. And, you know, for some reason, I'm a, a Seattle Seahawks fan. I don't know why this happened in my life. But if she just like, hey, I found this Seahawks magnet. I bought it for you. It's like, this woman loves me. This is incredible. She just bought me a Tesla. She just bought me a Tesla. Well, I wish it was a Tesla, but it's more of a oh, okay. $2 Seahawks magnet. But anyway, that's, still, it's it's important. That's flat. Yeah. But I think that's really part of that process of redefining love and thinking about how can I get out of this me-focused mm-hmm. mindset all the time to start thinking about, oh, here's the needs of this person. I need to make sure I meet their needs. And that, when we get in that world, it seems like it all starts to flow a little bit better. Mm-hmm, definitely. Right. Okay. So that's that's episode two. Man, pretty exciting. And I think even uh, just one last thing too was uh, just even being around other healthy couples and seeing them doing that is also kind of just another way to start to change that mindset and seeing people like, oh, that's a really neat way that person loves. So little little throw in there at the end that probably is not too helpful, but I tried. Thank you, Brock. It was lovely. All right. right, So will you recap on what the mindful moment is if people want to attempt that. Yeah. So thinking about maybe writing down a definition of love that would be helpful for you to get you out of that me mindset, praying for your spouse and for their needs, uh, asking, hey, what are some things I can do to make you feel loved? And also doing the five love language quiz again, and maybe thinking about that. Do you, where, where do we find the love language quiz? Do you know? Well, glad you asked. Okay. Brock. All right. Um, no, you can find it. We'll try to put a little copy up on the gram if we get time before That's this Instagram releases. for you non-hipsters. Um, but if you go to five, like the number five, fivelovelanguages.com slash quizzes, you can find it and take it online. And so even for these mindful moments, even if you do one of the things on that list, like, as I say, baby steps are still steps. So just do it with intentionality. Maybe ask your spouse to join in and be able to share some of that with you. And we hope that's just a practical way that y'all can put some feet and hands to love this week. Man, it feels like love has been redefined. Oh my gosh. I feel like we should have a song bursting. (laughs) We probably should. Thank you guys for joining us today. See you next time. Bye. Have a great week.